Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Well, hey, everybody. So we have a special episode today. We are going through many custom commanders that were submitted by our listeners and patrons. So these are all custom designs. And typically when we were figuring out which ones to put in this episode, we look at what adds archetypes to the format, what makes for unique and interesting commanders that incentivize new types of cards, brings more cards into the format, and makes it more diverse. But that being said, there were still a ton of designs that unfortunately could not fit into the episode just because we try to shoot for a reasonable length for these. But thank you to everyone who submitted designs. Please continue to do so. We, we do plan to have episodes like this on a regular basis. And we love reading all your cool custom commanders. Yeah, really cool to see like how creative everyone is. And also just like when you read one of these cards and you go like, oh, I would want to play that. Like, it's really cool. It's really fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's fun to just look at the holes in the format and see where wizards could potentially go in the future. Well, actually, before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, with that, I think we can get into the first uh, design. This comes to us from Charlotte Sable, friend of the show and CAG member. Uh, You want to read this one off? Yeah, so this is Senshet pack hunter uh, a 3-3 jackal warrior for red green white uh, they have first strike and whenever a non-token creature an opponent controls dies create a food token they also have whenever you sacrifice a food choose one create a 1-1 red jackal creature token put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two jackals or hounds you control target jackal or hound gains lifelink and indestructible until your next turn This is kind of a few things. This is like a food commander and a jackal commander. um, And you don't necessarily need to put too many jackals and hounds in this to make it good. Yeah. Like I read this, the last ability especially, like the the one that grants indestructible. I read that as a way to protect your commander more than like a tribal effect to encourage you to run jackals and hounds. Exactly, yeah. Also, notably, this probably would be a rotted dog, but we just received it before the yeah the change we, we've been stockpiling a lot of these cards for a while so i think we can be generous in some of the wording on some of some of the abilities yeah uh, but i really love the idea of making a commander that's just food i think that corvold was was mm, yeah corvold was kind of a miss there yeah it was just, like food was the worst thing you could do with him yeah <laughs> most of the time um so it's great to see a commander that really incentivizes that it's also just got so many different things to like hang other cards on because you're dealing with two token types. You're dealing with like a lot of tri- types of triggers. There's just many, many ways to play with this card. Yeah, I, I really do think this is uh, a cool design for food and I think it's in some good colors for it because if you listen to us talking about it on the Eldraine review episodes, like I in theory liked food just because it's an artifact token and like if we just get enough of them or we get them at a good rate i was going to be really happy but we just didn't yeah so something like this would make incentivize me to actually want to yeah do that to use those cards there aren't enough good food token generators uh that you could just build around like just this like whenever you sacrifice a food do something 
So it's great that this both creates and uses food. Yeah, you could still put in the good food cards and like... Savvy Hunter, was Sa- it? Uh, Savvy Hunter was the one that... The black green one, but then there's the mono green one that fights when it enters. Oh, yeah. And gets um, indestructible and stuff. Mm-hmm. Wicked but, Wolf. Wicked Wolf, yes, that's what it was. But like you could put in these food cards from the old set and they still function probably better here because you can keep making food tokens unlike if you try to do this in a quote food deck right now yeah um so there's so much tech for this um one thing that sticks out to me is martyr's bond martyr's bond is an enchantment for white white whenever martyr's bond or another non-land permanent you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield each opponent sacrifices a permanent that shares a card type with it so with this card if you have a sack outlet for creatures you can sacrifice a food each opponent sacrifices an artifact you get a jackal, then you sacrifice that jackal, each opponent sacrifices a creature, and then you make that many food tokens, and it's just like this cycle where they end up with like no creatures and no artifacts. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I think some of the other ones I really liked was just Trading Post. Uh, I really like like the, I really like Trading Post in general, and like the amount of utility you get from Trading Post in this commander is like insane oh yeah because you have both artifact and creature tokens you Mm -hmm. do everything all the time everything whatever you want you got it it's wonderful yeah i also like some of the ones that more directly convert um food into well like dead creatures and and more food yeah so things like pia and kira nalar furnace celebration searing meditation they all essentially allow you to sacrifice food to deal two damage to creatures so you can pick off weenies and then get back your food really easily but yeah i think do you want to move on to this next card i, I yes. actually really like this next yeah. one too i'm gonna say that like every time we transition to cards i know there there's so much tech and so much to talk about with senchet but we have a lot of designs to get through today so we're gonna have to move on yeah this one also comes to us from charlotte we had a little uh period we were where we were playing <laughs> yeah. around with um changing the color identity of commanders and kind of reversing them so this is not Damia, Sage of Steel. It's four red-white for a legendary creature, Giant Artificer. It's a 4-4 four, four first strike, and it has Metalcraft. If you control three or more artifacts, skip your draw step and Metalcraft. Tap and untap equipment you control, draw a card. Activate this ability only during your upkeep and only if you control three or more artifacts. So it's meant to be sort of a mirror to Damia, like drawing cards, but in a way that's uh, appropriate to this opposite color identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really liked this thought. We're gonna have a few more from this like thought experiment session that was had, um, and this one in particular I really liked. I think Jorkadine was resonant not just because like it was a very good aggro deck, but just because like he kind of you kind of have to look at the build and go, okay, well how am I gonna get three artifacts into play? This really makes you look at that where you go like, oh well. How do I get as many artifacts as possible onto the battlefield? And uh, I think that play pattern is like really fun because you don't really care that that doesn't do anything because yeah. all of a sudden it has tap draw a card. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty interesting. I think this list is really cool. Yeah, I would actually the the only note I have for it is I think it could be a lot more aggressive in its cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're in a bad color identity and you're committing to a uh, a relatively vulnerable card type. So I think that you could like bump down the mana cost. I think you could drop this part where you skip your draw step. I think mm-hmm. you can just 
Uh, I think you'd be really aggressive with some of the numbers on this. Yeah, I think if it was not a 4-4, we could just tone this down, like tweak the numbers to where like you could have it be like four mana, like and still a body that doesn't die to too many things. And all of a sudden, like you have a really cool deck on your hands. (laughs) Yes. So this next one is from Addison Sage. This is Toraka the Pure Hearted, a 5-4 Centaur Warrior for two white-white. Uh, they have First Strike, Vigilance, and whenever Taraka the Pure Hearted deals combat damage to a player, you may return target permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield if its converted mana cost is less than or equal to your devotion to white. I'm honestly kind of surprised this doesn't exist in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like they gave us Sun Titan and we were all like, yeah, more of that, please. And then they, they never quite got there again, there again, they got close. And I can really tell you as someone who's played with probably every iteration of Sun Titan light, they really feel much worse Mm -hmm. than they should. And this, I feel like feels awesome. This is in like a great spot. And the fact that you do have to get in there, uh, I think makes this just fair like you you can't just cheat on so many levels but at the same time like you're getting enough value that i think it's worth it Mm -hmm. yeah so in in terms of building around this you can sort of go the value route or you can try to like combo off a little bit so the value route there's plenty of cool cards that in white that sacrifice themselves for value there's things like aura of silence seal of cleansing there's fetch land so you can use it to ramp yourself a bit and that's like worst case scenario like there's nothing else in your graveyard you want yeah uh but there's also like ranger captain of eos who can search out one cmc creatures and then sacrifice himself to um silence there's bounty agent which is great at killing stuff so there's a lot of just like value cards that you can recur with this guy and then in addition there's also things like mind slaver um which You know, it sounds really busted, like, oh, one card combo. But to be fair, you do need to be able to get in with this guy because he doesn't naturally have evasion. And you need to have six devotion to white, which is a fair amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've committed some cards to the board at that point. And if you have six devotion to white turn after turn and no one did anything about it, then uh, I I blame them at that point. point. Yeah. uh, In addition, there's also some like more like locky staxy like protect you kind of effects Uh, i'm thinking of like solitary confinement two and a white for an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice it unless you discard a card skip your draw step you have shroud prevent all damage that would be dealt to you so essentially what you can do is you recur it post combat and then you just let it you know let it lapse during your upkeep you don't have to discard a card you don't have to skip your draw step and then you can get it back again. Yep, you hit him. And that's uh, similar to another card, uh, Peacekeeper. It's two and a white for a 1-1 one, one human. Creatures can't attack. And at the beginning of your upkeep, pay one and a white or sacrifice Peacekeeper. So again, you can just not pay the upkeep cost, uh, recur it with, like attack with your commander, recur it with your commander, and then your opponents are locked, adding, locked out of attacking, but you are not. Mm-hmm. And I also think just giving it double strike like giving an evasion is good and then just giving it double strike like that's pretty good getting two things back is is pretty good yeah yeah Yeah. i know i can't wait to put duelists heritage (laughs) so i love that card feels so good yeah um so we're gonna go on to so swampy logs from our discord 
uh, submitted. Uh, I remember this a while ago, so it, I'm glad we finally get to get it on the show. This is Fiata Wintermoth Queen, a 2-4 flying insect for white, black, green. Whenever a non-token creature you control leaves the battlefield, create a 1-1 white insect creature token with flying. Uh, then it has two activated abilities, uh, sacrifice two insects, exile target player's graveyard, sacrifice four insects, exile target permanent. So, the oh, okay, I'm going to come out saying I really like this. Uh, I'm also going to say that when this card was designed, certain things weren't desi- like created yet, but are very, very good in this deck. Like Scoot Swarm. Mm. Scoot Swarm is really good in this list. Yeah, it's funny. Like the insect token generation prior to Zendikar was like, oh, this, you know, this is pretty fair. You could make four insects, but it'll cost you. You're going to be paying like between six and eight mana for yeah. that. But now, like Scoot Swarm, okay, I, I play a fetch land and, yeah. and now and I've can, got enough insects forever. Yeah, I can exile whatever I want. But it does just have some good things in general. So the Skull Clamp obviously is very good with these insects. Self-recurring creatures are very good with these insects. So just like a Bloodgast. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it to me. Um, And then uh, I think in these colors you get, I'm pretty sure some of the best sack outlets. Yeah. White, black, green. So you uh, have a lot of options on what value you want to get for sacking these creatures. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to go the route of what's listed on the card. There's exactly. There's plenty to do with these tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the fact that they have flying also kind of gives you a uh, in out if you don't want to combo. But you, you could use combo. You can just combo with this card. Yeah, the fact that it says leaves the battlefield opens up a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things like uh, if you have blinking creatures like felidar guardian restoration angel like each can blink the other they're triggering this leaves the battlefield effects you get a billion insects Mm -hmm. um there's also things like self-bouncing engines like if you had a lurin and a self-bouncing creature yep yep or like a cloudstone curio type of combo Mm -hmm. um so there's plenty of things you can do with this uh uh, just seems like there's a lot of a lot of play to it Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of uh different builds a lot of cool cards that really fit into it so i thought this was a really cool design yeah the i actually the only thing i would think about changing is i don't know if it needs like two sacrifice um outlets i think that you're in color for a lot of good sacrifice outlets maybe this could be uh narrowed down a little bit Mm -hmm. but plenty to do with this commander yeah definitely uh so this is another um in the not commander yeah. <laughs> the the opposite commander sort of playing with um similar mechanics in an opposite color identity so this is not neheb the ephemeral it is three white blue for a three seven vidalcan cat wizard with like lifelink and flying and at the beginning of your post combat main phase add x mana in any combination of white and blue where x is the amount of life you gained this turn so this one is a little bit constrained by the the nature of the experiment I think uh, I, I would have tweaked this one a little bit um, because I think it has to have at least like green in its color identity to make to do it something like this. Yeah. yeah. To, to add mana, to make it work within the color pie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think blue might be a little bit gratuitous, but it does give you access to extra turn effects, which allow you to combo off in a similar way to the original Neheb. Mm-hmm. Like whereas the original Neheb could use like a relentless assault to get another combat step, uh, get more mana, 
this card, you just do the same thing, but extra turn effects take that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's funny because I saw this and I'm like, oh, yeah, or if it was red and then like realized that was the whole point, (laughs) the the whole point of the thought experiment. Uh, So one thing I really like about this list is it makes cantrips that gain you life really, really good. Like, for example, things like um, Revitalize, Healing Hands, Reviving Dose, Renewed Faith, um, all these cards that are just like simple cantrips. You gain three or four life, draw a card for two or three mana. Um, All of them are either like mana neutral or mana positive with this commander out. So you can kind of just like cycle for free and like reduce your effective deck size which seems really good especially if you're trying to combo yeah i I really like that about this too like the fact that this turns these cards that are complete and utterly unplayable pretty much into uh just rituals that you can now use to like power out more rituals to draw more cards like that that play pattern seems really fun in the way that it uses these cards that are just kind of uh impossible to put into other lists that really speaks to me that really tickles me (laughs) which is really cool yeah so sometimes with like neheb lists you want to start rolling the same turn it's always really dangerous to try to pass the turn with a commander that powerful Mm -hmm. um so it's great if you can set things up ahead of time to to get the mana back instantly and angelic chorus is perfect for that yeah if you like play angelic chorus on a previous turn and then next turn cast your commander then because it has seven toughness, you're going to get seven mana back, instantly refund your commander's cost, and you can start... Start rolling right there. Yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. So I... Yeah, I don't know if I have too much more to say about this. I just I thought it was a really cool design, and uh, I I don't... I think we have some more from this thought experiment, but um, they all were really fun yeah. <laughs> and really cool. So I would encourage you, if you are a custom card designer yourself... To give this a shot, see what comes out, and maybe send it our way so we could we could uh, look at it with you because they're really fun. Yeah, sometimes just changing the color identity of a commander is enough to like completely create a new archetype. Yeah, I don't mind uh, the idea of reusing mechanics because like a different color identity will bring different cards into the format. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This next card does a very good job of bringing cards that are kind of junky into like a really cool spot. Yeah, the format. This one kind of asks the question: What if Fire Song and Sunspeaker were good? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is Riktar the Forsaken, white, red, black for a one-five Rebel Wizard. You can pay one and a red, and black and white spells you cast deal double damage until your next turn. You can pay one and a black. Red and white spells you cast have Death Touch until your next turn, and you can pay one and a white. Black and red spells you cast have Life Link until your next turn. So this uh, is really cool. Um, yeah. Great combination of like Pestilent Spirit and Fire Song and Sunspeaker. Yeah. What 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 do you want to do with this card? What what's uh what comes to mind? I mean, I all those like one or two mana deal one to everything at instant speed come to mind like earthquake effects. But you just at late game you can pay big X and early game you can pay one. Like that kind of stuff is really cool. Um, there's like a bunch of uh weird lightning helix effects in like red white and black red and stuff like that uh that you can just maybe dealing like three or four isn't super good but dealing like eight is like closing out a game worthy like there's a bunch of interesting spells here that like just aren't 
commander playable that all of a sudden uh they have double damage or death touch or something mm-hmm. and uh you're getting enough value to make it worth it which is really cool i really like that um and the fact that uh i i really like giving spells keyword abilities and i know that like there's some reasons they can't do that let's say with like trample or something like that but uh that that also is something about this card that really like got me is like i am a proponent of keyword abilities on spells <laughs> i think that opens up a lot of design space just for wizards in general and uh hope we do see it someday yeah the the only thing i wish the only thing i would want to change is i wish it had like uh, pro red or flying or just some way to dodge the earthquake effects that i so desperately want to pair with this death touch ability mm-hmm. yeah for sure but overall it's it's really cool <laughs> yeah I, I i really really like this like if this was printed in commander legends or something like that like i would just probably immediately just scoop it up and play it because all of a sudden like lightning helix is just incredible <laughs> like all these cards are marginally playable to not playable in commander and all of a sudden they're just like houses just powerhouses it's so cool yeah i love earthquake effects and so this like really makes them competitive this yeah. makes them do a lot yeah a lot more because yeah earthquake like really has always been in like not the best spot and uh, compared to other wraths or other just damage dealers unless you're trying to like one shot everyone with too much mana so the fact that this makes an earthquake actually good at any point in the game mm-hmm. instead of just like i win now is uh that's wonderful i actually think you could potentially like shave a generic off of each of these costs just because you're not in good colors for ramp oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right uh moving on to the next design this comes to us from spencer williams this is edvius riant the quickened blade two red white for a legendary human soldier it's a three five with double strike whenever a creature you control with double strike becomes blocked put a plus one plus one counter on that creature whenever a creature an opponent controls dies if it was dealt damage by or blocked a creature you control with double strike this turn draw a card yeah this just makes blocking a nightmare mm-hmm. <laughs> like like uh double strike usually comes down because uh, it is usually it's either really cheap because the creature sucks mm-hmm. or it's really expensive because you're like granting it to something or it's a big guy with double strike or something like that and in those instances when you're playing with big creatures with double strike it kind of is compulsory just a chump block just so you don't take the 10 and you don't take the eight but this kind of makes it so that that feels way where you're like oh no maybe i should go to like two maybe i should go down and just like try and dig for an answer but then they get the cards they get the bigger guys and uh i think that's that's a really cool play pattern with this and this comes from um we did ask for keyword lords in um our keyword lord episodes that we have produced and i think this comes from one of those brainstorming sessions that Mm -hmm. spencer uh submitted so uh all of those are you're going to hear some more of those too uh were really cool (laughs) yeah this is a, a really interesting reward for double strike definitely helps you get back the cards that you commit to the board in the form of these double striking creatures it's really cool to see all of the keyword lord like everyone who submitted one of these really thought about like oh what does this keyword mean and i think this one uh does a good job of of that <laughs> mm-hmm. all right i think we can move on to the next design this comes to us from mark churchwell it is sin Lear, relentless nature one you well one blue black green for a legendary elemental shaman with flash at the beginning of each end step 
If you cast at least two spells with flash this turn, untap all permanents you control. I like this design a lot. It, like it clearly comes from the space of like, man, profit of crucifix is really good. How yeah. about we just make that the reward for flash? Yeah, I think it is probably might be a little too cheap. I think that mm -hmm. like having profit of crucifix. I mean, you're building your deck such that it is a profit of crucifix. So having um, that in your command zone seems a little uh aggressive aggressive yeah yeah but it does seem like a fair reward like yeah if you can get it out and make it happen yeah the effect is really good because there are i mean there are some really cool creatures with flash but fewer than you would expect fewer yeah. that like work in commander that are um appropriately costed for commander mm -hmm. or or do like there are some that will have a big effect but like are very specific mm -hmm. and a lot of times will just sit in your hand like not really doing much until like the one instance when they're good shows up, which might not even be every game. So just being able to like fire that bad boy off, untap your stuff again, that seems like a pretty good reward. Mm -hmm. This next design or designs we're going to we're going to talk about come from uh, Alex Whiteclay, friend of the show. Um, this first one is uh, actually I think both of these are from Keyword Lord uh, ideas that he had had. Mm -hmm. But the first one is Timurit actually causing trouble in the underworld. Uh, three black red for a three two haste. Whenever a creature you control with haste attacks, return target creature card with haste from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. When you do, re the returned creature fights target creature you don't control. I like that Timurit's really small but very fast. Uh, and this really makes you look at like what cards in the format have haste, mm -hmm. um, specifically like what ones are good to fight with. Like it, it, it makes you line up these axes that you don't normally think about when you think about haste creatures. Cause a lot of times haste creatures that are printed are printed to be like aggressive or like game enders or things like that. And this really makes you look at like, well, what game enders do I actually want to play? Is there any haste creatures that give me value? And uh, pairing together these two lines of thought really makes for like an interesting deck, I think, full of definitely some creatures that you I, I wouldn't have played in Commander just if they had haste in general. Yeah, we don't think about haste often enough. So often we just think about, well, how can I like just give my things haste? Oftentimes you're not going out of your way to put hasty creatures in your deck. Yeah. And this makes it so important that they actually have the word haste on their text box if, if you actually want to recur them. Yeah, and, and I think that's actually one of the reasons we haven't seen a lot of like keyword tribal and specifically like uh, another keyword we're going to get to in this episode tend to be the reward as opposed to a build around. And I think that's just leaving so much space open because really putting it on this axis like, okay, well, now this thing has haste and uh, something else happens like I blow up a land or I uh, make a 4-4 or, you know, whatever it might be and that is that's that's pretty cool actually yeah and of course in this deck you would want to run things like entomb or discard outlets or buried alive mm -hmm. and potentially like try to combo cheap hasty guys um with like the big hasty dragons yeah um that can really beat down yeah the one that really stuck out to me was um chancellor of the forge that's oh, yeah. like probably one of the coolest ones to put in this list. Yeah, or Molten Primordial. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. That's some good stuff. Yeah, it seems like a super fun commander. So the next one is also from the Keyword Lords uh, Thought Experiment. 
And uh, this is one of my favorite of the, the results we got back. This is really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Do you want to read this guy off? Sure. Uh, it is Billybus Bogle Ben Mage. It is uh, three mana hybrid white blue, hybrid green blue, hybrid green white for a one three beast wizard with hexproof. Whenever you cast a spell that targets only a creature with a hexproof ability, copy that spell for each other creature with a hexproof ability that the spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. And uh, just reminder text, a copy of a permanent spell becomes a token. So the more I think about this card, the cooler it is. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, initially I was coming to it with um, my experience with Zeta and I was like, okay, so like, you know, you play some cantrippy type spells, you draw a bunch of cards. But in addition to that, like you can copy the auras that you cast on these things or you can copy the creatures that you mutate onto your your hexproof guys yeah, which that that one's really funny too <laughs> yeah so this might actually be um the most fun aura commander printed to date yeah if it, if it were printed in real life yeah or, or like uh, the the most fun aura commander i have seen to date yeah exactly um but this is a, a really cool design i i I'm just like overflowing with possibilities. Like what if all of my guys had celestial mantle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many cool things that work with this. I think these episodes are really fun because you get cards like this and go like, Oh wow. Like think about that. Oh my, can you imagine this? Whoa. Uh, then they also make me equally sad. Cause it's like, Oh, Oh no. Like we don't actually have this Billabus Bogle Ben mage in real life. Like, like I'm going to have to, like I, I could definitely print this out and i'm pretty sure alex would be totally fine with me making a bend mage list but um it, it's sad that other people won't get to experience that joy mm -hmm. <laughs> that that just pure bliss that is like putting the what's the green masks enchantment the aura Oh, ancestral mask. Ancestral mask on like one of your <sighs> hexproof creatures and just like raining it sideways. Like no one, no one's gonna know the the joy that I'm feeling right now. Yeah, dude, get your ancestral mask. Get get your uh, all that glitters. Yeah. <laughs> just go to town on people. It's so cool. It's so much fun. Uh, and and the restriction is a restriction because there are some one mana and two mana creatures with hexproof, but they're kind of bad that's kind of the point of them is that they're like tiny hex proof guys um and putting them into a list uh kind of sucks mm -hmm. like it's not you're not having a good time if you're like all right turn two here's my one one hex proof or like one two hex proof from blue or whatever it is like that doesn't really do anything that you're not really getting any value and then then Billabus comes down and you're like, all right, time to party. Yeah. I, I think this is going to, the play pattern in this deck is going to be super, super fun. You're just going to play your, your crappy little hexproof yeah. creatures on turns one and two and then play Billabus. And then after that, like you're going to play all these say cantrip auras yeah. um, and then start dropping down and then, you know, draw a ton of cards out of your deck, play your ethereal armor, play your, all the glitters, play your ancestral mask and just, Suddenly, my guys are enormous. I have a ton of cards in hand. What happened? <laughs> yeah, great. Um, so this definitely is one of the the cooler designs we got. So thank you, Alex, for sending that in. Mm -hmm. So we have a few more for you. This one is for Dianea. Uh, they submitted Brenna Kaldheim Warlord. I think it, this is also from that uh, keyword Lord uh, thought experiment. 
Uh, Brynna is a 2-4 orc warrior with menace for one black red red. When a creature you control becomes blocked by two or more creatures, it gets plus two plus O and gains first strike until end of turn. When one or more creatures you control with menace deal combat damage to a player, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. And at the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Brenna, put them into their owner's graveyards and Brenna deals that much damage to each opponent. So um, I think that the biggest complaint with this card is how many words it has, but the play pattern is really intuitive. You go, I attack with menace creatures. Uh, do you want to block? They probably go like, oh no. And then you hit them and you go, okay, well I just drew a bunch of cards because my menace creatures are bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you don't want to play your bad menace creatures, you can just dome everyone for between one and four, however many creatures ended up hitting. Yeah. I really like this, um, damned if you do damned, if you don't thing that has going on, like if you Try to block these menace creatures. You're gonna have a bad time. If you don't block them, you're gonna have a worse time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think like that is the the crux of the card. And I would just because it's like kind of lengthy, and I would want to keep it to a reasonable length. I think I might cut that last like damage dealing ability. Yeah, because the rest is like intuitive, and I think that is where most of the power of the card is concentrated. Exactly. Yeah, that last bit is kind of just like gravy on top of your menace soup or yeah. men- menace. Uh, biscuits or whatever analogy i'm trying to use here so i played an angrath captain of chaos list uh i had like uh what is it, an oathbreaker list i had brawl list uh and i made i made it as commander when me and nick were trying out planeswalkers as commanders and that list was a blast because uh it just gave weird things menace which is really fun and playing with menace does feel um really cool because people aren't used to thinking about combat that way like they look at your board and they go like, oh, you have three guys. They look down at their board. They're like, oh, I have two guys. Like I'm good to go. And then they forget that like, oh, wait, no, no, no. The math doesn't add up because uh, in a multiplayer game, there's usually a lot happening. Yeah, d- that's something I've noticed. When they're analyzing a board state, they aren't thinking about like, oh, yeah, I actually need like six creatures to deal with this board. Um, so it, it is actually a really fun play pattern. And yeah. Like, I think that comes down to just the fact that Menace isn't really relevant in Commander right now. So exactly. it's, it's great to have a Commander design that incentivizes it and would push Menace creatures to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are some fun ones. They just like aren't quite good enough for Commander. So having a, a an umbrella, a Commander that could just be like, hey, bud, hey, come on. Yeah, Let's you, go you kick can, some butt. You can play Goblin Dark Dwellers if you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So this next one, who is oh this one also from DNA? Mm-hmm. Cool. So this one also from DNA. This is Tirith Web of Life. Uh one white, black, green for a three, four spirit spider. Uh they have lifelink, reach, and vigilance. When a source you control with lifelink deals damage, put that many soul counters on Tirith. And then they have a modal activated ability. White, remove X soul counters from Tirith, choose one, gain X life target creature gets minus x minus x until end of turn look at the top x cards of your library you may reveal a creature or land from among them put it in hand and bottom the rest i think this was a cool way to deal with lifelink what what do you think about this card i mean i also agree it's like cool to turn your lifelink into another kind of resource Mm -hmm. so like wizards what it tends to do when it has like three color cards is like make sure it has some sort of mechanical tie to the colors yeah exactly uh and i think that most of the time that's a good idea but it's can sometimes lead to a card 
being a bit cluttered or like mm-hmm. in the case of Omnath, for example. Oh God, yeah. Like, you know, it has four colors. So to put uh, an ability for each of those colors makes it so that it's just uh, kind of pushes it over the top. So I think on this card, it is a little bit wordy and I think we could trim it down either by like potentially removing a color so that you're not obligated to to match all of them or even just like, I'm not going to worry about green, for example. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say if there is one of these abilities that I would uh, cut, it would probably be the like look at the top X one because killing creatures on board with my lifelink counters kind of that I accrued from that lifelink damage, like that's probably the strongest ability and the one I'm going to do most of the time. Mm-hmm. And there's enough ways, especially in black white to like recur creatures or to get like marginal card advantage or just to pay life for cards, um, which I think is kind of one of the coolest tensions in white black that they haven't played with mm-hmm. where I'm playing with all these lifelink creatures. I'm going to be padding my life total. I might as well pay life to draw some cards with that too. So I think the green ability on here is the, the weakest link not because the ability is bad but just because like it's the wordiest and uh, gives you the least amount like taking that away you still have a really cool card that cares about life linking and just like simplifying it into a, a place that people would look at and go that's cool mm-hmm. well I'm, I'm wondering also like does it make sense to remove the um the gain life too yeah because yeah. you're already gaining life off your life linkers so mm-hmm. maybe like we just do away with this other resource altogether mm-hmm. and just have it be like whenever a source you control with lifelink deals damage up to one target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn yeah. and, and not have to worry about like these, this extra resource or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a cool idea. We have a, a few more of these uh, keyword Lords. We're, we're coming to the end of this episode for now, but um, I really liked the thought that went into these i think this is really trying to look at like well how do i actually like reward playing creatures with this type as like lent itself to some really cool designs and yeah i honestly if you are listening to this and you still have some designs or maybe this has like inspired you to do something like again send it in <laughs> yeah we're gonna have more episodes yeah uh, you can send it to uh the inbox at our tumblr you can send it to our email address commander theory at gmail.com or you can just DM us on Twitter. Yeah. But reach out and we're happy to highlight more cool designs. Uh, this is the last one we're going to do. It's actually a pair because it's a little bit of like convergent design. Both of these are looking at ways to um, uh, ways to incentivize vigilance in Commander. These come from um, Ruslanchik from our Discord server and Alex Whiteclay, friend of the show. So the first is Alana, Valiant Veteran, two white white for a 3-3 human soldier with vigilance. Whenever a creature an opponent controls blocks a creature you control, tap the, that blocking creature. And creatures you control have two tap, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. It gains indestructible until end of turn. And the other one is Mira Clashan Medic. One green white for a 3 3 legendary Kifkin cleric with vigilance. Creatures you control with vigilance have tap. Another target creature gains indestructible until end of turn. Uh, so, what do you think about these designs? Yeah, I. Do like we mentioned in the show and Wizards has been printing cards that uh, reward vigilance by giving creatures tap abilities. And I think that's just just chef's kiss. Like that's a really good way to go about it because mm-hmm. uh, getting to double dip on your creatures uh, feels really good. It feels really powerful. 
Um, so I like that these both do that. I like that these both kind of, like you said, convergent design, the ability to save your creatures with vigilance from a wrath. Cause there really aren't too many creature tokens. It's like knights get vigilance. Yeah. Mostly it's going to, mostly it's going to be real creatures with vigilance. Yeah. And then the, the zombies from like God eternal, Ketra, you're probably not going to get too many of those. Yeah. Though. And so it's real creatures that you're putting down, like real cards on the board. And so the fact that they can all of a sudden protect themselves now or protect each other, um, I think that's really flavorful. And I think that is a good incentive to play these Vigilance guys. I, I just um, like the idea that it encourages you to commit to the board, but also gives you a way to protect mm-hmm. your guys after you do so. Yeah. I, I think I like the version that taps without having a, an additional activation cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just because, although it's, it's tough to say like how busted this is. You're, got, you're, yeah. you're, you're going to be able to like fade one wrath per round of turns. Mm-hmm. Is that too good, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look at just what creatures exist with Vigilance. And if there's something that's just disgusting, then that's really the, the clincher there. But really from like what it looks like that isn't necessarily the case. It looks like most creatures with vigilance just have vigilance. Mm -hmm. They're not like super crazy. I like the addition of green to the color identity because that like I've played with when we were doing that experiment with building um, planeswalkers as commanders, I Mm -hmm. played with a Johnny, the great hearted. Yeah. And being able to like have those effects where um, tap an untapped creature you control add add one mana of any color to your mana pool like an earthcraft or a cryptolith right that's really awesome with vigilance creatures and so i really want access to those kinds of effects in my vigilance deck yeah exactly going wide rewards that green brings i think too Mm -hmm. really is like uh kind of makes the deck feel very cohesive because like you're committing cards to the board uh, the cards can protect themselves, and then if you do protect themselves, like you do have a way to win mm-hmm. at the end of all of this. So it's cool. I, I really do like this design and these designs, and I I don't think anything's too broken. I think if they uh, can't kill your Elder Gargaroth with a Wrath uh, and a Kill Spell or something like that, like that seems fine. Mm-hmm. That you, it's not like you're really taken off too hard <laughs> there. But I think that really wraps it up for today. Um, we got a lot of cool designs like we talked about, but we want, we want more. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've mentioned it a few times this episode, please feel free to send in your designs and, uh, we'll keep making these episodes whenever we have a lull in the eternal spoiler season. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then we'll, we'll come back. We'll look at these things. We'll, we'll keep the content coming for sure. Well, thank you again to everyone who submitted designs. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. And I want to give a, a shout out to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, the Whiteclays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Amon, Kevin, Kaidel, and Jeremy. Thank you all for supporting the show, keeping the lights on here in the studio. And if you are not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board. <laughs>